0: Derek and Steve present, You Heard It Here
1: Second. Welcome to You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek. And I am Steve. And we are back for episode 175. Steve, how's it going?
0: It's going well, Derek. Uh, 175 is a nice clean number. Yeah, That's it is. It is. It's it like you'd celebrate that in any other circumstance. You know, yeah, I think we I probably celebrated true. 75.
1: We probably did. We probably yeah. celebrated
0: 75. So when, you,
1: yeah, and we did like a little bit of acknowledgement to like 150, I believe. I don't remember if we did anything like super special. 100 was our live episode, right?
0: Yeah. It's so like 50. The YouTube 50 episode. We had our, yeah, that was
1: the, the YouTube episode where we almost set the apartment on fire. Yes. Um, Made for great but, radio. Uh, slash 50 TV. was yeah 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 everyone could totally tell what was going on 50 uh was the little montage that we did mm-hmm. uh, way back when 75 we probably had some minor little celebration yeah. for 100 was the YouTube live i don't think 125 was anything 150 i think we acknowledged but i don't remember doing something fancy for it
0: i feel like we were um, going to try to do that you know, like secret murder mystery podcast. yeah that was 150 i yeah. think and You're then we right. just that was 150. stopped doing yeah. it for like six months because we just yeah. couldn't put yeah. that together
1: because we were like oh we're gonna make the we're gonna make the murder mystery you yeah because because i mean it was like that was like we're a little too ambitious around yeah we're a little, we're too, ambi- yeah, we're we're little too, ambitious, too ambitious yeah you know? um so 175 is here 200 though will oh, yeah we'll have to make sure it gets its due that's 200 a, has to get its due so that's a dumb amount of um, podcasts
0: that's so many yeah. podcasts <laughs> yeah holy it crap is.
1: Especially when they're they're not like short either. No, so. that's a lot of hours. Um, we're, we're closing. So yeah, we we'll have expert to do the math territory. to figure out. Yeah, I have to do the math to figure out. Like once we hit like. However, like a month of like audio or like, I don't even know what the math breaks out to, but 200 episodes times about an hour. I don't want it's, to do uh, the math. Probably a week, a week, a week of podcasts probably. So mm, uh, anyway, episode 175 uh, has arrived. Um, I have one shout out to start the podcast. Steve, do you have any shout outs or updates? Not today. Uh, off the beginning here? All you. Uh, so my only shout out, uh, Teddy Wan. Congratulations to Teddy Uh, who is getting married uh, next year in June, two months before I am, and he had his bachelor party this weekend. Um, So I think I might have mentioned this to you before, Steve, but uh, for anyone who knows Teddy, this bachelor party was very on brand for Teddy. Uh, No travel was required for us. Yeah. Uh, the 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 weekend started on Thursday night. We went to Coogan's for, for one dollar beers at Coogan's, <laughs> uh, and watching Thursday night football. Um, then uh, Friday we had a whole bunch of festivities, one of which I'll talk about in my final drive. But lots of uh fun uh spots, but all around Boston like Seaport, um, then, then over to Faneuil Hall, things like that. And then Saturday was BC football game day. That's Classic. what Teddy wanted for his bachelor party. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what he wanted, and that's what he got. Uh, he got a unique 2 p.m. start time for bc football which is like very odd like 2 p.m. is not a normal time but it was on the cw on television which (laughs) i think is why it was an odd time Frog, that's the old Um, frog
0: yeah yeah
1: um and so uh and bc football got the win which uh we we aren't really going to talk about today but uh a much needed win for a very struggling football program So, so true uh not struggling as much as their opponent, uh, University of Virginia, who is now zero and five yeah, this year. But uh, we take the wins where we can get them against Holy Cross and Virginia. So. Um, but anyway, uh, that kind of picture perfect weekend for, for what Teddy wanted. And so congrats to Teddy cool. and, uh, our friend Rob was actually also there who was on, uh, the podcast last episode yeah. with us. So, cool. uh, so it was, it was, a good weekend. Nice. So congrats, shout out again, congrats to Teddy and good, good job putting it all together. Uh, and more to come when I revisit in my final drive, one of the highlights of the weekend, which is uh, a place that we went that, uh, is very cool that I'll talk about. Cool.
0: So you've, um, you've so reminded you me There's that your, I have a shout yeah. out. Uh, oh, there for you go! Shouting Perfect. out bachelor I'll, parties. Love the reminded I would like to shout out Brooks Nicholas. Shout out! We had his bachelor party. I had back back to back weekends of bachelor parties, and I am still wow. yeah. hungover. Um, Key West was a. Uh, we went to Key West. Crazy time. He has a great bunch of friends. Um, total total uh, debauchery, uh, but it was really really fun. Shout out Brooks and his bachelor party, and shout out Sean Cornell who. Similar to um, Teddy's, we did a local uh, bachelor party. We rented Airbnb locally on Saturday. He wanted to go, he went to USF, so we wanted to go to the USF Alabama Mm -hmm. game. Mm, So we went to USF Alabama. Really close game, really fun atmosphere. Um, And then we grilled out, went to um, the Hard Rock and gambled. So it was a really, really fun time. So shout out Brooks and Sean. There you go. And oddly enough,
1: and now the triple reverse, your. Reminded, oh, no. shout out reminded me of another shout out, which I feel obligated now that you mentioned your bachelor party the weekend of the USF Bama game. Uh, the same day, I have to shout out Steve's parents <laughs> yeah. and Steve's family that came to our tailgate that day uh, for Florida State versus Boston College. They love you guys. Uh, it was a very, it was a near hurricane day. Um, but the weather actually ended up turning out way better than people expected it to like, like like all week there was talk about whether the game would get postponed or something, you know, and everyone's like, what are the odds that Florida state comes to Boston and the hurricane's going to be in Boston for, for this game. But it really turned out to be kind of what it feels like happens every time there's like a hurricane threat in Boston, which is that it doesn't end up being really anything. (laughs) Um, and so the game went off without a hitch, but, uh, but yeah, your uh, Steve's parents arrived with uh, with his aunt and some other uh, friends and family were there, so it was it was a good job uh, hosting them and being able to meet up and. Uh, keep that tradition alive when they come uh, to BC for the game. They so, love that. They
0: love that so much. Yeah. They like, and they're like, we don't yeah. want to impose. We just want to say hi. Like, no, they love it. They want. They yeah. want to see. It.
1: Especially this time. This time especially was in no way imposing. We didn't have like a very big tailgate. They actually, you know, we were kind of like it was getting a little lonely. We didn't have a lot of people there because the weather was just like not uh, conducive to people planning yeah. for it. And so we had a uh, we had plenty of space and plenty of plenty of food and drinks, and and it was great. So. Cool. Uh, and a near-B.C. upset, but we uh, didn't get the upset that day. So so there you go. There's the triple shout-out to start the show. Oh, actually, um, you reminded me of... No, <laughs> just kidding, just
0: kidding. Move on, next. I was let's start say, let's We can, start just, we can just go
1: on and on. Um, so without further ado, let's get right into it with sports.
0: The Monster Jam!
1: All right, so getting it started with sports, we will... Uh, go. We have There's a. There's a method to our madness with the order we're doing yes. things today. We're going to end end with football uh, in the sports segment. We know so, what's going on uh, in football.
0: We know, we, and we'll yeah, talk about it. yeah. We have, we we have to deal it, with it. So
1: hold your horses. <laughs> we're burying the lead a little bit. So uh, we'll start it off though with uh, what, from the sports perspective, is probably a bigger deal than football at this moment. Though maybe not as many people are tuned into it just by the nature of the sports, but. Baseball. Uh Steve, give us Let's a little go. update on where baseball is at. Baseball's uh, with in the playoffs a beginning great soon.
0: Place, Derek. <laughs> the the Rays made the playoffs, the uh Orioles made the playoffs, and the Blue Jays made the playoffs. So the three yeah. powerhouse teams in the in the AL East made the playoffs and the two bottom dwellers are <laughs> yep. out. And the two bottom that dwellers are the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. Just terrible yeah. baseball teams. Just I mean, what are you gonna say? You, you bottom. There's not much back, to say. You know, the, the bringing up yeah. the rear. So yep. um, it's a great day for baseball. The playoffs are set. Um, baseball, Derek. I think you and I feel the same way. Playoffs, MLB playoffs are different. They are fun. Yeah. Um yeah. And I'm very much looking excited, or I'm very excited for this year, mainly because the Rays are in it. But like, mm-hmm. come on, yeah, MLB baseball. Let's yeah. go.
1: No, I mean admittedly like you just kind of said um baseball is maybe baseball and bat, for me personally baseball and basketball are the two sports that I actually like in the playoffs the playoffs are awesome but in the playoffs if my team's not in it I don't find myself watching it but that is not an indictment on playoff baseball because among all the teams that I root for it's probably the it's it might be the biggest bummer when the Red Sox don't make it because October baseball is so fun. It's but like, crazy. like, like it's truly like, it's so disappointing when you reach the point in baseball season that you're like, my team's not going to play in the playoffs because playoff baseball is relative to the regular season. I think playoff baseball might be the biggest elevation as far as like, totally how fun it is to watch your team in the playoffs versus the regular well, season. In, in right?
0: the regular season, a, a a pitch in the third inning, like a curveball in the third inning on a mm-hmm. one-one count for a ball, doesn't mean anything. In the playoffs, yeah. every right. pitch is really yeah. really important, and that's yeah. the best part about having a game without a clock. You know, all you have to mm-hmm. do is get X amount of outs, and if you're winning yeah. at that point, you win. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just I love that idea that literally every pitch is so oh, important. Yeah.
1: When, and just the vibe, and like part of this, what I'm about to say might be more specific to me than you because of the region. But like, there's like just when I see a baseball game, when either a, I can see their breath, like I can see I can see the players' breath, and they're wearing long sleeves. That doesn't work That doesn't work like here. Even, at the top. even I, no, but 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 there's but they really still play playoff games like in New York yeah, or in Boston or wherever, right? And you still have that association, like or or like even something as dumb. This is gonna sound stupid, but like. When first when it's pitch black at first pitch, like that doesn't happen in baseball season. It's sunny at 7 p.m. all baseball season. But then you get to the playoffs and like October 15th, like in the World Series, it's like it's not sunny at 7 p.m. It's like got a different feeling of like heightened intensity to it. So there's just all these little things about playoff baseball that I feel like have these differentiators from the regular season that are just so it makes it so much different. And the energy is just so high. And, you know, now in this era of the pitch clock and like kind of the things that keep it expedited, the pressure I feel like will be a little ramped up yeah. because it's going to be it's like while you may not have those moments of like long, drawn out, tense, like pressure, it's going to it still has to all fit in. Right. And so you have those like it the, the same amount of pressure is being fit into this, like what this year has been less than three hour games. Yeah. Right. So I, I think like adding that element, it should be interesting as well. Um, No
0: playoffs start tomorrow. The Rays have the three o'clock game, which is absurd and annoying. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it is what it is. You have to get all the games in. I get it. But Mm -hmm. three o'clock, three o'clock, and then if needed, three o'clock. You know, you can't you can't give them an eight o'clock slot every once in a while. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. So, uh, Rays play the. I'm not going to go run through the playoffs. Rays play the Rangers. That's all we care about on this podcast. But Derek, do you have a a prediction or give give me your final thoughts Mm -hmm. on MLB playoffs 2023. I mean the Braves are a wagon yeah. and they're going to be the team to beat by a mile.
1: Right, exactly. Um the the Braves are you know they they if we're making predictions i will probably pick the Braves um out of the NL at least. Uh you know the earlier in the year the the Rays were a wagon Totally. Like we talked about several, yeah. like several episodes ago. Too many injuries. Um there's a lot of storylines here. You know, you got the Astros that are the wa- the typical wagon in the AL, right? Like they have been for a few years. The Orioles are like a classic Rays story, yeah. right? Like where it's like, they're here for the first time in a long time and looking good. And the Orioles have all these young, very promising players who have emerged. Right. Uh, the Rangers are, you know, a team that hasn't been around very often of late, the blue Jays and twins, the twins kind of limped in cause their division was so weak, but this is a pretty fresh field, right? There's not like there's not a lot of these typical staple teams especially in the AL besides the Astros, right? Yeah. Um where, you know, you've got a lot of opportunity. And and of course, I'm excluding the Rays. The Rays have been a staple of late, but yeah. they're not that typical like big money market team, right? right? So um but if I'm going to make a quick prediction, uh I think I'll take the Braves. Over the Rays, yes. Let's go with the Rays well, in the World like Series. The, yeah. I don't like that you picked the Braves to beat the Rays, but I... <laughs> yeah, but to get there, they'll get there. Yeah. The, they, the AL is wide open, so
0: um, I'm gonna pick the. Go. Bre- I'm gonna pick the Brewers over uh, the Rays over the Brewers. Mm. Yeah, I'm just gonna Rays over the Brewers. Yeah. Okay,
1: just do it. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs>
0: yeah. Braves are too easy <laughs> to pick. Yeah, and I don't want to pick no, the Dodgers because no, they, they stink. They they're always in it, so yeah. You know, of the yeah. other four teams, I'm picking the Brewers.
1: Yeah. Um of note for the Braves uh remarkably uh remarkable season for Ronald Acuña <laughs> the first i believe 40 Stupid. 70 season yeah. did, he end? did he 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 never put, he didn't push 80 did he no, i i didn't pay was, attention the last week but i can, I can google it 40 but... home runs and 70 stolen bases is just just insane otherworldly nobody i think nobody had even gotten 40 60 73 and, and he ended with 73 73 yeah. yeah there had been no Jeez. 40 60 season in history i don't believe and he got 40 70 yeah so, uh, 4073. <laughs> so there you go. 4073, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's true. On. um, Yeah. So there you go. There's our, our quick predictions, uh, for baseball. And to your point, uh, a little bit of a bummer that the, those start times are 3 PM. It's probably the one thing about playoff baseball I wish could change yeah. like somehow is that those, you know, there's nothing more like of a letdown than like the schedule comes out and it's like, Oh, I'm at work for the whole, right. for the whole game. Exactly. Right. It's kind of, it's really annoying, but you know, get through the first round and then you're all set. You're back in prime exactly. time. So, uh, so that's got to be the goal. That's the motivator. So um, anything else on baseball?
0: No, sir. Go raise. Raise up.
1: There you go. Um, so next topic is the Ryder Cup, which is kind of the final golf topic of the year. And we didn't really talk a whole lot of golf throughout this season. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, you know, fairly interesting uh, tournaments throughout the year, but nothing, you know, that was worthy of us kind of diving into the Ryder Cup may not be either, but uh, yeah. in this case, the uh, European team kind of kicks the crap out of the U.S. I know the U.S. did make a little bit of a comeback on Sunday, uh, and there was at least a stretch of time it looked possible on Sunday. Yeah. But eventually, uh, Europe runs away with it. What are your What are your thoughts? The Ryder Cup's fun. What were your takeaways this year as far as uh, how that went?
0: I will say that. So I don't watch golf. I, I, I enjoy it. I like the personalities, mm. but I, I just don't watch any of the tournaments, don't follow who's winning this was all over my social media. Like, who, like the you're mm-hmm. up winning by a ton and then um, then U.S. coming back and there there's like some drama with Rory McIlroy yelling at a U.S. caddy who was in his way. Like, <laughs> it made it interesting and fun, but it seems kind of, like, all this stuff, and we'll talk more about this when we get to football, but all of this stuff that you see now seems kind of manufactured. And I know it's real. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Rory was mad at, this caddy but like it gets blown up on social media and then they then these outlets pick up on it and they show they start throwing out like theories and this and that and you start building this drama out of nowhere i'm like it's just golf it's a three-day golf tournament with a bunch of dudes who like aren't getting paid they're just out there representing their countries you know so (sighs) i liked it but i don't know it it, it means nothing to me like this, like drama or the U.S. losing affects my life mm-hmm. in no way. These guys are going to go back to playing an individual sport, making millions mm-hmm. of dollars. It'd be like like a tennis tournament. You know, it's I have mm-hmm. no for whatever reason, I don't have this like mentality of having to root on Americans in golf when they're all playing an individual sport. hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of does lack that, like, tie into the mainstream picture of golf, right? Like, it's like it's sort of like an all-star exhibition, or at least it can feel that way. Yeah. Like, I know there's bigger stakes to them, but, like, I think the players do uh, care a lot about this tournament, uh, and they care about making it, and there was some controversy when the teams came out that the, that the U.S. team was poorly picked. Like, a lot of people were unhappy with the captain's selections, and then they go out there and they get steamrolled the first two days of the tournament and it's like okay well you know maybe that's what that what that's what happens when you don't necessarily pick the players that have played the best this year right yeah um and and you go too much based on track record but um but yeah i mean uh you know i i like the Ryder cup because it's unique uh but i agree that it doesn't have that uh you kind of just have to want to be into it, right? Like yeah. Like when there when there was tons of college football on, like that took my attention. Like, a, like a, I was keeping tabs on where the Ryder Cup was at and like what the scores were, and if it was going to come down to like Sunday one on ones, then I probably would have tuned in. But like if it, if it was if the final four matches was like we're all up in the air and it was like best like the best score on the last hole is going to win, it's like everyone's going to watch yeah. that, right? But, um, but it sort of doesn't have the. The automatic draw, I guess, for everybody, Um, unless you're really into watching golf tournaments all year, then then you might be more interested in seeing how these players that you've been watching all year do in in this setting. People who like golf for for the newcomer, people who
0: like golf, love the Ryder Cup and because it's different, you know, because there is this team aspect where there's never team aspect in any other major Mm -hmm. in golf. So I get it. But I don't know. It just it seems like the the secondary major, you know, it seems like not as important Mm -hmm. because it's not like. Mm -hmm. augusta or you know it's not it's none of these big tournaments it's just another way for them to play um yeah yeah it's all pride which is and
1: it doesn't yeah exactly it's you're not playing like no player is playing for like a championship a major championship or anything like that it's it's just for the team you know the team uh environment of it and then there's also the other thing that i'll say is that both the team aspect of it and just like the format, like, like, cause you don't get a lot of different format in pro golf, right? Right. Like you get mostly stroke play like that, which, you know, stroke play oftentimes results in like one guy's like 10 strokes ahead of everybody on Sunday and it's kind of boring. And like earlier this year, I remember actually like around when like Massachusetts gambling became legal. Like that was kind of one of the fun things was like to throw money on golfers. Right. And like, there was a couple of match play tournaments that were really fun to watch. Like, Like when it's, match play it's kind of unique it's like oh this guy against that guy like yeah so well that's why like, I, the, like, ev- like every hole is important those right?
0: um like the, the they call them the match when it's like tom brady versus aaron Rodgers, yeah, with yeah. Two pre- and like that's yeah. enjoyable because it's yeah i don't know it's quirkier uh, i don't know yeah. maybe maybe i'm right. harsh on it just because i don't watch a lot of golf but um yeah well yeah i, I think gotta it's be valid, better either way. Cr- yeah
1: yeah it's a valid criticism that the stakes aren't all that like of a, they're not that much of a draw for someone who hasn't been into golf like for the year, right? right? It's like, oh, well, like what's at stake? Well, just just pride, like winning the Ryder Cup. But when you get real competitive about it, it can be really fun. So, uh, anyway, pretty disappointing overall for the U.S. I believe they said that was the seventh consecutive uh, European win on European soil. So, uh, the U.S. Has got to try to find a way to win. They alternate every year, I believe, between Europe and the U.S. Uh, so the Americans got to find a way to win one of these tournaments uh, on the uh, European courses. So, interesting. Uh, this one was in Italy, I believe it said. So cool. Uh, so there you go. There's the Ryder Cup. Anything else on that? No. All righty. So, uh, last topic before football, we'll talk a brief bit about NBA here. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you saw the couple of trades that happened this week. I did. Uh, Dam- the biggest one, Damian Lillard. Uh, really in a what I would say was a pretty shocking trade because this was not floated by really any of the rumors uh, leading up to it. But Damian Lillard ends up in Milwaukee with the Bucks, so you've now got uh, Dame finally not having an excuse of having no teammates because yeah. he is now paired with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, I, good I job. M- Mispronounced that, but that was pretty good, right? That's um, great. And so, uh, so Dame goes to the Bucks. the The Bucks, as part of that trade, send. Uh, Drew Holiday and some other pieces to the Blazers. So Holiday had been a pretty important part of the Bucks' championship runs the past few years, or deep, no, deep the, playoff runs, I should say.
0: The Drew Holiday went to the Celtics, right? Uh, well, to the Blazers first. Yeah.
1: So, so the Celtics weren't part of the Dame trade, and so then the Blazers get Holiday, and basically all the rumors start that they're basically def- they're going to trade him. Uh, Miami, Toronto, like all these teams come into the rumors as far as getting him, and then again, similarly. I would say kind of out of nowhere because most people had pessimism about the Celtics' ability to actually get Drew Holiday. Uh, they end up getting him. They they send uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams, who's their one of their pretty uh, promising younger players that people are you know very athletic, like shot blocker. Uh, so they send those, both of them plus two first round picks. Which you know the first one's Golden State 2024. It's like that's going to be a low pick, mm-hmm. and then a Celtics 2029 pick. So 2029. Uh, with all that said. 2029. Wow. Yeah. So you so gave th- up a never 2024 what that is, and
0: 2029. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, so well the 2029 to be honest is probably more appealing uh to the Blazers than like a 2024 from the Celtics, yeah. right? Cuz like if Cause you're give, if you're yeah. sending holiday to the Celtics, you're they're poised to be a championship contender. So 2029 it's like who knows if like what if they what if Tatum ends up leaving or like you yeah. know who who knows what happens, right? Um so anyway, all that said, uh Kind of a roller coaster that. So, the way I would describe it, it's a roller coaster of a two days in the Eastern Conference. That to me, it almost feels like things settled back to where they were, right? Like, like in the beginning, it was like probably Bucks and Celtics are at the top of the East. Then for a day, the Bucks get Damian Lillard, and it's like, oh, geez, okay, the Bucks are the clear favorite. And then the Celtics get Holiday back from it, and it's like, okay, now maybe they're back on par with them. So, uh, you know, w- when push comes to shove, I think the sneaky thing about this is. The Celtics, who for a long time like kind of just rolled back, the, they've been rolling back the same squad for a while yeah. with like minor minor changes. Um, it kind of sneaks up on you, but they've now traded four of their key rotation players from last year, in Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, and Malcolm Brogdon. So the Celtics are pushing their chips in with what seems to be their kind of this is our all in move by bringing in Drew Holiday, Christops Porzingis to put with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. What is your, I don't know if you have any initial takes but um what, I, what are your thoughts on I think the, that whirlwind of the two days?
0: I think the your original point that Damian Lillard finally has no excuse. He I think he's one of the mm-hmm. better players in the NBA and has been for a long time but goes under the yeah. radar because he's on a bad team. I think he's going to shine. I, you know, like a lot of these guys get traded to these I'm not calling it a super team but you know that you get these superstars together and yeah. they don't work well because both of them mm-hmm. need the ball at all times. You know there's there's times when it doesn't work because they just don't play well together. I think both Dame Dash and Giannis are very unselfish basketball players. I think that's going to be a very good very good um, trade for the Bucs.
1: Yeah, it's an exciting pairing. I mean, it's gonna it'll be very, very interesting so to fun. see how they pair together. But they're told, like, I mean, you couldn't get much more opposite like player styles, right? And so I think it uh, they will complement each other really well. The big question probably will be if the Bucks can play any defense because they're going to put up like 130 <laughs> yeah. points a game with with Dame and Giannis. I think well, that's so, the NBA now. Uh, and Chris Middleton's still there. Chris Middleton's still there. So like you've got a very good shooter flanking them. So. Uh, lots to look forward to for that uh, matchup. Of course, the big losers here are probably, based on most people's reaction, teams like the Sixers, the Raptors, like the other teams in the East that were sort of like on the next tier. You know, it's obviously too early for these reactions like people have, but most people now are just fast forwarding to like a Celtics-Bucks conference final. So it's anytime that happens, it's like you got to put up your guard a little and be like, all right, you still have to play a season and see how things things unfold. Don't sleep
0: on the Orlando Um, Magic. Do not Don't sleep, sleep on the Magic,
1: them. especially if they get to play the Celtics 82 Boncaro. times. Yeah, they crushed then. them last year. That's right. <laughs> um, so, that so funny. there you go. But no, the Magic do have uh, the Magic have been you know building those young pieces. So we'll see if they can take yeah, any for steps forward years. this year as well.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so there you go. Anything else on on basketball?
0: No, let's get to the big topic.
1: All righty. So the big topic here is football. We're still not going to get to the big no. Big the football biggest topic football yet.
0: topic, Derek, <laughs> is that Baker is Mayfield is back.
1: Baker Mayfield and Tom Brady's been replaced. Tom Brady's uh, been on the replaced Bucs with Baker Mayfield. Uh, tell us how Baker's doing so far. Looks like the Bucks are off to a good start. Great at three start,
0: and three and one. They lost a really bad one to the Eagles at home Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. where everyone looked bad. But other than that game, I know you. The Eagles are very good, but I just think they had a bad game. They mm-hmm. look good, three and one. Yeah, um, went into the Superdome this weekend and beat the Saints. Our division's pretty yep. bad. We've played three bad teams. You know, if you if you think the Saints are good, I don't know. But we've played the Vikings, who stink, the mm-hmm. um, Bears, who really stink, the <laughs> and the Saints, and lost to the good yeah, team right, Eagles. Right. So, but everyone's – people are excited. Hey. I just got a text from a buddy yeah. th, uh, today who said, should I buy a Baker Mayfield jersey? Don't call me crazy. I'm like, <laughs> he's, he's brought a bit – we haven't had, like, this kind of quarterback in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We had Brady, who was wonderful. Jameis wasn't really that quarterback. He was just kind of like a big Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he he was mm-hmm. he, he didn't really extend plays, and when he did, he threw it straight up into the air, hoping that anyone would catch it. <laughs> yeah. Where Baker, like he reads a defense, he moves, like he avoids sacks. Mm-hmm. He just it's a it's a fun team, and I, I'm yeah. I'm Team Baker. I, I think he got a raw deal fun. across I mean, the league, yeah. so I, I'm glad he's succeeding. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone's sitting here making the argument that Baker has like a you know first team All Pro like ceiling to him. Like, like he's not like he's not he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? But he is a gamer. He, you know yeah. he, he he keeps you in games. He he extends plays the way that some of these other quarterbacks have. But he's not reckless, really. He's gotten a lot better he's with smart. the recklessness. I he's think since earlier the football in his than career. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, to your point, having played great teams yet but you can only play the teams in front of you right and so uh I don't know if the buck schedule gets harder or easier from here I mean I guess it can't get too much easier but uh if if it doesn't get too much harder you know they can continue to make a push here and like you said the division isn't the greatest division in football by any stretch so um so yeah they I think uh the bucks have shown a lot this year and you know people people I think pretty quickly wrote off because Brady left the fact that like the Bucks defense was phenomenal yeah. like still during good. Brady's whole run there. Right. I mean and and that that hasn't changed. Like they're they're a very good defense. And that was a big part of why the Bucks were good when Brady was there too. Like uh, I'll be the first to give Brady tons and almost all of the credit, but like the Bucks defense was really good when Brady was there as well. Very. So uh and that hasn't changed. So uh so yeah, Bucks looking good uh top the NFC South um to start
0: the year. it's, it's looking good. Love to hear it. So Um, do we want to talk about the Pats or do you want to just put in a little like, you know, I'll just, I can briefly, I mean, health check. I am not one to overreact.
1: (laughs) I'm not one to, yeah, I'm not one to overreact uh, too drastically. Uh, Obviously the, the Patriots game on Sunday was an absolute, you know, nightmare for the Patriots. Uh, They lose third, I think 38 to three to Dallas and Mac Jones had by far his worst game as a pro. He looked like completely incompetent, but so did the whole team. So you know, uh, the reaction people are already like people around here react and it's like, you know, Mac Jones, isn't the guy you got to get a new quarterback. Right. And it's like, okay. Like, you know, we're coming off, you know, people still haven't moved on from Tom Brady. Cause you need to, you can't move on until you have someone that you think that you have any faith in that you think that you can, you can build the future with. Right. Yeah. And Mac has not taken that yet. Uh, but I, I you know, I, I'm not ready to just like give up and say like, Oh, it's all, it's a lost cause, right? Like you can't react to one game. You know, the, there have been games in the past that Brady's gotten blown out. And then it's like, in hindsight, it's like, yeah, okay. That was a horrible game. Like, you know, they, they move on, they correct their, their issues and stuff like that. But I will say the injuries are adding up for the Patriots. Their defense has been decimated. They, they lost uh Christian Gonzalez and Matt Judon in this game. So I think the, for the Patriots, the key is staying afloat the next like four games. I think if they don't, then for the first time I can ever remember as a Patriots fan, you'll start to have the tanking talk of like tank for the quarterback and like let's reset. this Is this, this thing, so right, weird
0: for you, Derek? That the Socks are not in the playoffs and the Pats also are pretty bad. Like, what do you you grew up with this like powerhouse team in every all four sports and now you're just one of the one of the regular yeah. people. Yeah, you know,
1: it's uh it's not I mean it it is it is weird, but there's been a this isn't the first year this has happened, right? Like the the since Brady left, the Red Sox have only also made one playoff appearance, I think, uh in that 2021 team that surprised people. Um so the, you know, the Patriots Though haven't been this bad, you know, yeah. yet. Uh, although, although I did see the other day, which I kind of forgot, this is the third straight year they've started one and three. Mm. Um, so, the the past two years, they they kind of righted the ship mid season to at least be competitive toward the end. Yeah. So, that's kind of what I mean when I say staying afloat for the next four or five games is critical. Um, they have a it's a pretty manageable stretch. They have a Saint, the Saints coming up, like you mentioned. Uh, like, if, if you're going to do a positive spin zone, right? The Patriots have their three losses are against very good teams, right? They lost to the Eagles in week one, the Dolphins, like the they lost the Dolphins 24 to 17 and the Dolphins went and put up 70 the next week. Yeah. Right. So like the, by, by comparison, it looked like, wow, I guess the defense was actually pretty good against Miami. Uh And then losing to Dallas who was coming off a game against the Cardinals where they should never have lost. And it's sort of like, you, you always look at that game when a team like a way better team loses and it's like, Oh geez, like, they're not going to lose like that again next week right so i kind of had a bad feeling as soon as dallas lost that game to the cardinals but um so yeah we'll see but i think i think as long as they can you know it's critical for the patriots to write the ship against some of these weaker teams coming up like they got the saints the commanders i think like the colts like they're they're not bad teams per se but teams that you're going to have to beat if you're going to keep your season alive so we'll see i'm not i haven't pressed the panic button i'm just uh my hands hovering over it so yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted.
0: <laughs> um, in other um, news, just yeah. for a fun fact for the people, uh, the Bears, the Chicago Bears, have not won a yeah. game since Elon Musk bought Twitter, which is now it's not X. great. No, yeah, it's yeah. bad. I mean, like, you have the
1: date? Do you know when he did that? When did he buy that? Like
0: 2021? I don't know. When was it?
1: Yeah, well, so they didn't go winless last year, but it must Wait. have been sometime during last season. Um, Yeah, certainly not great. And because and, and, the Bears had April, uh, oh, okay, yeah, April so, 2022. Yeah, so not great. Uh, I'm assuming, uh, 0 for in the preseason and now oh and 4. Um, and in th- a game this past weekend that they were up 28 to 7. Oh, that's only, uh, one. Only against, one. <laughs> against what?
0: <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, uh, a game that they were up 28-7 to seven against another winless team uh, is is tough. It's tough to not hold on to that for your first win. Um, so, yeah, the Bears are uh, are not uh, the model franchise at this point in time. Justin Fields uh, might not could be, be the guy. be tanking as well. So, yeah, that is true. He might not be. And, you know, that quarterback class is looking worse and worse, uh, despite the fact that Zach Wilson actually did have a little bit of a redeeming game last night against the Chiefs. Yeah. But when you look at that class right now uh, – Besides Trevor Lawrence, you've got Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, none of which, oh, yeah. I mean, Trey Lance is, is a third string quarterback now. And that
0: was a big deal. Um, I remember they were all like, which are you going to pick? Which of these like yeah. studs are you going to pick? Besides Trevor. Right. Well, Trevor was the exactly. obvious number one. Exactly. And then
1: it's like, who's after Trevor? Right. right. We ha- I think and, we had that conversation
0: the, on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And the 49ers. And so, you know, I will say one quick return to the Mac Jones conversation, like, And this past week made it a little bit harder to make this claim. But, like, going into this week, and I still might feel this way, the 49ers, that draft, traded up to get Trey Lance. And that just – he got hurt. And then that Brock Purdy showed up out of nowhere. And, like, Brock Purdy's not, like, an amazing quarterback, but he has not lost yet for the 49ers. And, like, I think you could make a pretty reasonable argument that Mac Jones would have pretty similar success to Brock Purdy had he gone to San Francisco. Like, that team is just, like – the team is insanely good, yeah, uh, and and they just need a quarterback that just can like m- make simple throws and like that. That's kind of what the 49ers have had for a while, right? They had Jimmy G before uh, Brock Purdy, so um, they just need. But a, anyway, they need yeah, a Brad, yeah, that, Brad Johnson,
0: that, Tampa Bay Bucks, exactly. Brad Johnson.
1: Um, but so yeah, that that draft class, it was like who's who's going to go when, like which quarterbacks do you take? And it turns out you know Zach Wilson at two was was way too high. Trey Lance went three. Then I think Justin Fields went like twelve, and Mac went fifteen. So you know, none of them have particularly uh, taken the reins. I mean, even Trevor Lawrence hasn't lit it up yet either, but I think people still feel relatively okay about his future. Yeah. But but yeah, so the bears though, not looking uh, too great. And Justin Fields uh, continues to struggle reading defenses and putting it all together. So not great for them. Um, Really bad. But yeah. Uh, Any other thoughts on the bears? No, nope. maybe anybody that was in the stands for them two weeks ago or <laughs> for that game. Was that uh, who who is that? That was the first game that uh, that Taylor Swift attended. Oh, God.
0: So. <laughs> well, we might as well do this. So, yeah. so uh, of course, we'll lead it in this way is the biggest story in all of sports and all of pop culture, unfortunately, are now the same story. <laughs> um is Taylor Swift and we've got we got a question in the DMs basically about it so we're just going to yeah talk about it in the DMs cuz I don't want to cuz we could yeah. we could put it in football and then it would be in sliding our DMs and then we could also talk about it in pop, pop culture, culture <laughs> yeah. which is bad and I don't want to do that it's the whole point of, of right. the conversation we're about to have so so we're deciding
1: not to be a part of the problem or only to be a small part of the gonna problem We're going to talk about it in sliding our DMs that's what we're going to do That's it so here we go
0: so why don't you my DMs what? My DMs. Did my DMs what? My
1: DMs what? All right. So the DMs. Uh, we have two questions today. The first one comes from Murph. Murph, thank you so much for the question. Uh, I don't know how we would have broached this topic without the question. So Murph asks, did Travis kelsey put Taylor on the map? That's the question from Murph. Yeah. So, (laughs)
0: so this this is, I'm sure you've seen it. The the yeah. yeah. There's like an um, internet meme where boyfriends ask this to their girlfriends, and the girlfriend's like, "What? No, she put him on the map. Are you crazy? He's about to blow up." Like it's, she's very she's very like clearly the bigger star, but the the guys pretend that Travis Kelsey's the bigger star. Um, I. Well, I want to hear your thoughts about all of this, the, the yeah. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey saga. Um, yeah. So
1: uh, there's a lot of thoughts to go around here. Um, we can start with, why don't we start with the low hanging fruit and the obvious stuff and then we can we can tackle it a little deeper. Uh, it's obvious that that there are two parties here that are making a lot of money. Okay, yeah. So, right? Like, that's yeah. one thing. There's two parties that are gaining a lot of publicity, making a lot of money, successfully doing a lot of promoting. Okay? So, that's one thing. In a very short um, amount of time. In a very short amount of time. Uh, in a very in-your-face way. And in a, um, in, a, in a
0: very important time for both of them when they're both doing the thing that makes them the most money, which is touring correct. and playing football.
1: Correct. So what? So, a very very convenient relationship timing i'll say that um now uh sorry right, so let's start there what are, what are your initial thoughts cuz i could just keep talking about it but let's So that's let's i love the conspiracy, step
0: step. i love the conspiracy theory angle of this um but i'm going to say overall i hate this so much it's giving me <laughs> such oh we, i we, i could have we could have done a hater alert we could do a hater alert oh yeah i could yeah, do a hater yeah. alert on this cuz i i truly am <laughs> And I like Taylor Swift, you know, like I, I, I have no problems with her and t- Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey similar. Like I have no feelings neutral, but now I'm just mm-hmm. so over it. I'm so over them. Like, the, <laughs> is there one thing that she, that she doesn't get to be a part of? Like, why is she everywhere all the time? Yeah. Like I just, and I don't need like. I don't need the NFL putting Taylor Swift as their background on like TikTok yes. and Twitter. I don't need yes. the announcers making uh, Taylor Swift joke, like uh, b- diso- dis- using her, yeah, using her lyrics in, yeah. in their announcing. I just, yeah, it's so forced and it's so exhausting that like this is mm-hmm. now what we've become, which is just, look, here's here's a thing that people like. Let us drain it for all of its worth. Let's take all of the joy and just wring mm-hmm. all of the money out of it and all of the joy out yeah. of it that we possibly can to get every mm-hmm. last drop of attention that we can get. Mm-hmm. And I don't really blame mm-hmm. Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey for this. They may actually like each other. Good for them. But Possibly, yeah. Possibly. To your point, we'll see. Yeah. No, huh? no, no.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so, so, yeah. Uh, like I'll go backwards because that's why I didn't want to dive fully, and yeah. I wanted to give you your Woof, intro thoughts. As I was well. going, I was churning. My like the so when I say possibly, I'm not. I I am what I would probably call like a partial conspiracy theorist, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. do I think that this whole thing is cooked up in a lab? Like, no, I I don't think that. Uh, like this started in July, I think it was when Travis Kelsey like. Made a comment about going to her show And like trying to meet her And like he didn't get like a friendship bracelet Or like whatever the original story was It was way back in July And this thing like didn't progress much At that point in time right And then later on something The timing came around where she had a show At Arrowhead or something And then he made another comment about seeing him play at Arrowhead It's like you know I don't think that this started as like some major Marketing ploy right What I do think is that as soon as one side or the other picked up any of the traction on this, like once once Taylor acknowledged this or once I mean, actually, really, I I think that had to have been the way it started was that Taylor slash her, whether it was her or whether it was her PR people that were like, this is an opportunity. I don't know how I don't know. But once it began, that's when it began to get insufferable. Like it's it's not that it came out from the beginning as like, in my opinion, anyway, like some totally hatched plan that was like, we this is how it's all going to go, but then all these conveniences start happening, right? And it's like Taylor Swift, who like has not been at an NFL game like ever that <laughs> yeah. we've seen, like right, is at two in a row, like in in like a you know conveniently in two conveniently games that next go to in-
0: Blake Lively, who is the most universally yeah. loved female by other females in the history yeah. of of humankind, for whatever yeah. reason, those Taylor Swift. And Blake Lively are the two most liked personalities, yeah, for to female. At least that's my yeah. understanding. And like now they just t- yeah. happen to be together. Look how fun! And Ryan Reynolds, everyone loves Ryan Reynolds. You know, yeah, and Blake yes. Blake Lively's husband. Yeah. I get it, but
1: yeah, no, it's true. And like, and so you know, now all of a sudden these two coincidentally going into them. You know, you look at the schedule, probably the two easiest games on the Chiefs schedule. The two most ripe games for no one to watch because like, the, <laughs> yeah. the Chiefs are, are going to blow the other team out like a 41 to nothing win against the Bears. And like, again, the Jets played well on Sunday night. And like, that was a surprise. I think that like, people thought the Chiefs were going to blow them out as well. And to your point about like ringing every last dollar out of this situation. Right. Like, I saw another good point. Like, did you see the intro on Sunday Night Football? No. Like, the intro was Honestly the intro was embarrassing for, oh, for NBC. Like that was embarrassing. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Yeah. Like 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 the whole intro like leading in like right before they played like the Sunday Night Football song, that Carrie Underwood sings. Like yeah. you know the most forgotten musician of this whole Sunday Night Football <laughs> yeah. broadcast, right? Right before that, it's like a whole segment about Taylor Swift and like they're playing her song Welcome to New York cuz the game's in New York. It's so like what a coincidence of there yeah. on that one, right? And like the the point that someone made is like, this would be so much, this would be different. But like you, like t- to your point about wringing the money out of it, we're talking about Sunday Night Football, which has been literally unrivaled in ratings for like 15 years. Yeah. Like Sunday Night Football does not need a ratings boost. It has never needed a ratings boost. It's going to win the ratings every week. Right. And, and for, for it to be shoved just like constantly, like in the pregame, in the, in the Broadcast in the post game, Uh, Adam Schefter was tweeting about the fact that Taylor Swift was going to be at the game. Like, I mean, it's like the NFL to your point, changing their their Twitter bio, their Twitter header picture to Taylor Swift, and they made their bio a song lyric. Like, this is not just like it's so overt that it's it's plainly like not possible to deny that there are marketing and legal people that are involved in this relationship and the way it's being promoted. Like yeah. it's just, it's they, they just would not, not deniable.
0: The NFL would not be able to use her likeness without her permission. Like yeah. that's a fact. Yeah. So they can't yeah, like, right. they, it, the NFL had to say, "Hey, Taylor Swift, can we use your face? Cause it seems to be that we're gaining a lot of popularity right now because you're dating one mm-hmm. of our stars. And she said, yes, what can you do for me? Show me on TV every 30 She, pro- I don't know what's going on yeah. behind the scenes, but what's going on in front of the scenes on the scenes <laughs> is terrible, and like I said, I like Taylor Swift and I like Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I have no but problem. I don't yeah. want. It's like when a me. It's like, it's like you know when a brand discovers a meme, you know, the, yes. there's like a circulating meme. It's really funny. Everyone's using it, and then a brand discovers it mm-hmm. and just like murders it. And it's it's yeah. all of a sudden not cool. The NFL mm-hmm. is doing that. They they cranked it to eleven. And they're also they also have the most exposure of probably any brand yeah. in America right now. So they're just mm-hmm. oversaturating America with this yeah. cringy, gross, weird obsession with Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And if you like Taylor Swift, fine. But she just doesn't have to be everywhere all the time. And the way the NFL is doing it is so cringy and weird and yes. forced. It's uh, it just.
1: Especially because they're the NFL, like like especially because they're the like in all seriousness, like if somehow and like it's almost not even you almost can't even imagine it happening because of how like when you try to imagine this happening, it actually highlights how ridiculous it is by the NFL, the way it's been going. But if you just imagine for a moment that this was happening in like the NHL, but like if there was a player. In the NHL that was dating Taylor Swift And the NHL was like doing the same things And capitalizing on it I would almost I would almost understand it more Yeah Because they would stand to have a ton of boost from it The NFL needs no boost Nobody Like needs to know More about the, the fact that the NFL is happening and, <laughs> yeah. and like who the Chiefs are And like, not, like None of this Like This is like you, you said the word oversaturating like that. Like that's what this is. Like this was an already completely saturated market of interest. Right. And now you're just shoving like another thing into it. And, you know, to your point that like and two things Travis that, Kelsey gained
0: two things yeah. that don't me- mesh very well. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. And and this is like that. Like, oh, like male fragility. Like you can't have females like in your sport. Like, no, I yeah. just like they don't work together. Like football yeah. has its arena and pop culture and like Taylor Swift has their arena and like meshing them together is like it's like each piece each half each side is only getting half of what they like like mm-hmm. ta- like the, the Taylor Swift fans are only getting half Taylor Swift in this like weird low look she's dating this man who's playing football for the Chiefs and the football fans are like why is Taylor Swift in every cutaway scene every time mm-hmm. there's a touchdown we focus on Taylor Swift and every pregame story is Taylor Swift. It's just they don't mix well, and I don't think mm-hmm. them as a couple mix well. I actually said that early on. I was like, hey, they don't feel like they don't mix well as a couple. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. More to. The I don't have cons- really thoughts on them. I don't have theory. thoughts on
1: them as a couple, but like, <laughs> but because that, that's the thing is like my thoughts on them have nothing to do with them as a couple. Like I, I I truly don't have any thoughts on that. And and like you said earlier, they might like each other. I I, I am not saying that like the whole thing is fake from that standpoint or that it won't last. Like maybe that, maybe this whole thing turns into them like being together. Like I I am not saying anything about that being like a a pull, like a, like a a facade or anything. It's more so that whatever has happened, like whatever started, like whatever began has been so absurdly exploited and burned to the ground. Yeah. They're like, and, and just shoved in our face. Right. That, I you know, I don't know. And, Again, I go back to the fact that the these two weeks that it's happened and and like feels like I think years. that we would agree that this <laughs> it feels like two years and it can't go on for two, for more than two more weeks no. right like it will not work like there's no way they do that unsustainable right? and so I, I I come back to you got the Bears and the Chiefs uh, sorry the the Bears and the Jets like those are the two games like would this fly. Like for NBC to do this, if it was like the Chiefs Bills. and the Eagles, like, yeah. like a Super Bowl rematch, like would that have worked? Like for them to be showing Taylor Swift the whole game? Like, like, cause that's, cause the Chiefs Eagles is your product yeah. as the NFL. Like, like that's your, that's your, your grade A product. Yeah. Would the NFL have, have, uh, this sounds harsh, but I'm going to say soiled their grade A product, <laughs> but does. like, but seriously, by not making it about football, right? Like, like, would they have done that for like a grade A? primetime football matchup i don't know turns out they didn't have to decide because this conveniently happened when the chiefs had their two easiest teams on their schedule right right? so i don't know um
0: yeah yeah i I think you're right i think it's unsustainable (laughs) i i I think people all agree whether you're agree as as far as we do or or not but like this is a lot it's just a lot and i don't need i don't need all of that i just don't need all of it yeah just too much kind of like take she can have two months where i don't have to hear her name maybe even one month maybe two weeks well people could cover her all they
1: want just just not while i'm watching football like you know you know it's like i mean it's just like it has nothing to do with football you know it's like you you can people can i don't care if tmz reports on it great like tmz can report whatever they want that's that's the thing it's like because like because i like that part needs to be clear like I don't like paparazzi do what they do. TMZ pop culture. Like they all do what they do when it becomes the opening segment of like NBC's Sunday Night Football broadcast. That's like, OK, now you're just like now this is becoming like it, you are clearly capitalizing on this. And right.
0: It feels weird, not because it's Taylor Swift, be, but it because it feels like it's a, kind of a selling out. It feels like the NFL. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like we are not big enough so we need this attention you know like we right and it could be anything it could be taylor swift it could be like whatever me like i, I don't know there's no one as big as taylor swift but pick right, anyone right. else where the where the nfl just goes all in on this weird like jokey meme and like every player and every analyst is asked about it and every time that show it just it it could be taylor swift or it could be anyone else but it's just too much yeah when it's the NFL's never done that. I don't know. It's just frustrating. Yeah.
1: It's it's weird. It, it's it's off brand for the NFL by a lot. Like it's very not their brand, yeah. right? Like, and so that's what's kinda of surprising about it. But
0: it's like dorky and uncool. So, okay. And like the NFL's yeah, like It is. Supposedly. It is. They're acting like they're acting
1: starstruck. Yeah. Like like they're like you're the NFL. Yeah, like well. I don't know. So um so there you go, Murph. The there short go, answer is uh, is that yes, Travis Kelsey put Taylor on the map. Unfortunately, now, he did. She's now way more popular than she's he put play, her so. on the football map. Yeah, right. Um, anything else? I hope the answer is no on on that topic.
0: From me, no. From everyone else <laughs> in right. the world, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, last question from the fans is from Andrew. You have to read uh, this, this the whole thing. Yeah. I, I'll read this. Hopefully I don't get tripped up. This, this is, is this is a lengthy question. I will
0: say, can I, before you read this, yes. this is obviously the same Andrew. I know you, I'm not going to expose you on on the podcast and get, say your full name, but this is exactly how he writes every question. Every question, is, <laughs> we, we sometimes trim them down, but this is an Andrew question through and yeah. through where he writes the question and then kind of <laughs> boxes you in with his own answer, like semi answer <laughs> and says, okay, go ahead. All right. Yeah, yeah you can read it.
1: So we can consider it a challenge to try to unbox ourselves if we want. But so here's the question. In which of the four major pro sports in North America, do you think the head coach slash manager moves the needle the most for the team? Moving the needle can be positive or negative. So coach making the team worse also factors in. You 100% know, Andrew adds this (laughs) here. There's a new line, new (laughs) new paragraph in the question. You 100% want to say NFL, but you might be wrong. No amount of coaching can change a team's fortunes the way quarterback play can. So he, so.
0: he builds in what he doesn't want us to talk about. Which is, yes. He, right. You know, fine. Or, maybe Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. maybe, we'll, yeah. maybe you're right, and we'll talk about something else. <laughs> um, I think it's a really good question, though. Basically, It is. It, is. it boils down to which which major sports coach has the mm-hmm. biggest effect on the game, mm-hmm. um, yep. good or bad. So I'm going to let you... Yep kick it off with your thoughts sure, I, I, I've I'll got kick it a, off. I've got a thought but I, I want to hear yours okay first. um
1: I did think a little bit about this um you know the so the for my first thought I almost picked baseball because hmm. baseball uh baseball is the only one where like you are restricted to where the coach puts you like the coach puts you in a position and like that's where you are like hmm. you're batting third. Coach puts you there. You can't bat second. Like you can't freelance. You can't bat fifth. If you're the pitcher, you can't like go play first base. <laughs> like you know, like people on the field in hockey, basketball, football. The coach puts you there. But like then the play happens, and like you do, like you know, there's a little bit of free form to it. Yeah. So I almost picked that, but I didn't. I am not taking Andrew's bait. <laughs> I am picking football. I'm picking football. Oh wow, football. you're picking um, football. Okay. So and and I'll I'll let you pick as well. But my my quick my quick answer before going further into it is. Andrew makes a good point that no amount of coaching can change a team's fortune the way the quarterback play can. I totally agree with that. Uh, But I, you know, that is true. And the quarterback is the most impactful position probably in sports on the field and is more impactful than the coach. Like, so to be clear, quarterback is more impactful than the coach in football. But every sport has that, right? Like no coach can overcome a horrible goalie in hockey. Like no coach can overcome a terrible starting pitcher. Or, a, you know, a basketball team that can't shoot, right? Like, like the coach can't overcome the, like the players are more important than the coaches always full stop. With that said, uh, to me, I think it's football The the coach has the biggest impact on the team being prepared and the way that, that the game unfolds. I, I think it's, it's football.
0: So here's, here's my, my only, answer. I was going to pick football too, but here's my retort in question. Football's the only one that has 10 to 15 other coaches individually coaching their... Like, you've got an offensive Mm -hmm. coordinator calling the plays, a defensive coordinator calling the plays, you've got special teams coordinating special... Like, Mm -hmm. does the head coach make... Does the head coach move the needle as much beyond picking those people? Hmm.
1: That's, I guess, a good... I mean, that's a good question. So, you know, I guess I can't remove myself from... I can't, I can't, I have a tough time putting myself in the hypothetical of like the head coach, like not being there, but like all the other coaches being there, right? Like, cause that's not like a situation that happens. Um, but you're right. Like, like, so for one game, like could a football team do without their head coach if they had all their coordinators and their positional coaches, if that's the context of the argument, then I probably would agree it's not football. Uh, I'm sort of treating it from the, the, I guess I was viewing it as coaching as a whole. Uh, versus the singular head coach, but that so that's a good point um, with the positional coaches and coordinators. Okay,
0: because I I thought about that, and then I I thought baseball mainly because it's so matchup heavy. You know, mm-hmm. like you yep. you pick when to play certain players and their mm-hmm. batting average, and it's all stats driven. And but I think a computer could coach a baseball team really well, which is unfortunate. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Which is basically the Rays, why the Rays make <laughs> yeah. the playoffs so so often. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I say basketball, mine's basketball. Mm. And I know basketball is the most, like, there's just like such raw skill on the floor. So you can let those players do anything and you'd think they'd be good, but I don't think that's the case. I really do think that these guys know every play, like, you know, like you're drawing up plays to win the game. You're, you're, Mm -hmm. I, I just think. Eat, there's only five players out there at a time on your team and they mm-hmm. need to be doing exactly what they are supposed to be doing on offense and defense at all times, mm-hmm. or you're going to lose at that level. Um, I, I just think the players can make up more and it, it's tough too. Cause like LeBron James, like he's out there coaching himself. You know, he could have me, yeah. he, I could coach LeBron James, team and he'd do fine, you know, cause he, right. <laughs> he is a, is a player coach. But I think in terms of like, not only are there the matchups that you have to consider, or when to take people in, when to, when to take them in, out, like who who's going to mm-hmm. guard who, who's going to run this play, what whatever. But you have to build an offense and build a defense. Like they're not just mm-hmm. they're not just playing pickup out there. They have specific mm-hmm. places to be at all times. And I don't know. I think. It's one of the more active coaching, like you have to be, Mm -hmm. like literally yelling things and making things happen while it's happening. So I'm gonna pick basketball. I think they can a good basketball coach move the needle.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good. It's a good rationale, and I think basketball defense is like way under underrated as far as like how important it is the coach, how important the coach is in like a team's defensive play. Like I think offensively, to your point guys like lebron like nat in the newer era guys like giannis like tatum like these guys run the they run the play and everything flows off of them and like a superstar offensive talent in the nba needs relatively little coaching i i think but team defense is not that way team defense i think is very dependent on your coach i think that would be my backup answer if we're going to focus on the singular person like so like like you said with the nfl but i'm still sticking with football if you're going to count like beyond the head coach individually himself. Like if you're going to put the coordinators in that conversation, uh, I'm going to pick football every day just because of the not just like as much the preparation as the in game, right? Like, like, you know, just the amount of preparing you have to do in football for all the different looks you're going to see and like ways you're going to defend plays and like situations and everything. So I'm going to go with football still, but I, I hear the points about the, uh, about the singular coach. I will say this
0: one last time. I think on the on the flip side, I think a baseball manager can can have the worst effect of any coach Mm -hmm. because baseball is all about consistency, locker room mentality. Like and if you don't have a good locker room and good team chemistry in baseball, which stems Mm -hmm. from the manager 100 percent, you're going to be a bad baseball team. Like look at the Mets like the Mets are spent the most money in baseball history and didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The, and they are yeah. bad. Like it's just, yeah. and I know he hates that. I always talk shit about the Mets. I do, but like they're, but <laughs> they're easy to talk. They're easy to, they're yeah. easy to pick it's on, true. but like they yeah. fit, they fit in this scenario. Yeah. Like tons of money, but was it Buck Showalter? Yeah. Just like didn't yeah. control the locker room players fighting mm-hmm. and just falls apart. Yeah. And, and yeah, you put, well, yeah. you put a Joe Madden or someone who like who who gets the energy going in there. Or I don't know, whatever your team needs. Mm hmm. And I think you can turn it around with, yeah. with superstars. I think that's Yeah. Or Aaron Boone on the Yankees, you know, like yeah. these are superstars who you know? don't like playing yeah. with Aaron Boone.
1: Yeah. Your final thing there might have actually switched switched me to putting well, baseball right on deck of football. But, so and because you know what I thought of when you as you were just saying that? What? And this is kind of maybe this is a unique take on it, and then we're gonna move on because I know we're running on it. But mm-hmm. this is a maybe a unique take on it that I just realized is of all those sports, like baseball is definitely the only one that you could take all the plays that happen in the game and depending on the order and the the situation that you rearrange those plays, you could, you could get killed or you could kill the other team. Like if, if your number four hitter went five for five with, with five doubles, right. And your manager put those in a position where nobody was on base for any of them, but like, or, or your, your pitcher, you know, had a, a shutout inning, but it was against the bottom of the order. And then your higher leverage situation was against, you know, the wrong batters and like, you know, the game got blown up. Right. Baseball is really the only sport that the way that you put those players in those positions and time up the way that it works, like around the other players, that that that's depend, like you depend on that to win. Yeah. Like you could have a guy bat a thousand. And if there's nobody on base every time he bats, then like you've minimized his impact on the game. Right. So yeah. No other sport has that. Like, like chess. Like, you know, t- Tom Brady's touchdown pass, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, like you got seven points. Like that, that's, it didn't matter that it was at a certain time, right? Yeah. Um. So hmm. that, that puts baseball very much on the doorstep for me, but I'll, I'll still stick with football. Just yeah. to stick with the original. And hockey so, can go. So. There you rocks. go. Great question. <laughs> yeah. Ho- ho- I mean, yeah. hockey, I think is just more down the middle. It doesn't have the, as, as uh, I wouldn't diminish it, but doesn't have as big of an impact, I yeah. think. So.
0: Yeah, great question.
1: There you go. Great question by Andrew. So, so that'll do it for the DM section. We'll go into the last couple of topics before the final drive. We have a couple of miscellaneous
0: ones. You want to kick off the uh, the first one? I do. Um, so I, I am shocked, Derek, that you had not heard of this before. I hadn't. We were talking about this before the podcast, but the Las Vegas Sphere, which is the mm-hmm. world. Well, it's America's newest. Um, music venue—the coolest new music venue. If you if you have not heard of the Las Vegas Sphere, you're living under a rock, and you should Google it immediately. It's this giant, like giant, massive dome that is. It's almost like it looked fake. Like when I started, when I saw it. I was like, "No, that's yeah. fake. That is that is CGI. That doesn't exist." <laughs> yeah, it's a giant dome that is a TV screen, like an LED, super high def TV screen that's like the size of a skyscraper, and it. Uh, it shows, it turns into a basketball, it turns into a little face and like, it, it looks super, super realistic. It looks Photoshopped. Like if you, if you look at the Las Vegas yeah. skyline and see it, it does not look real. That, that was just the outside. Is it the, that was months ago that it revealed and all these cool people are freaking out over how cool it is. It's actually on the inside, a concert venue and it hosted its first concert either last night or two nights ago. And it was U two, of course, cause U two is, is ubiquitous. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the word ubiquitous they' thanks so. yeah they're uh, everywhere yeah yeah, uh, mm.
1: yeah. present yeah yes that's the word
0: effervescent is that one is
1: that no that it's, one? it's well that could be a two but ubiqu- <laughs> ubiquitous is, is is was correctly used <laughs>
0: cool <laughs> um so you two first concert and the videos from it are jaw-dropping I, I, yeah i'm i saw these clips on tiktok that blew me away like i it looks like it's the year 3000. It it is so far advanced in terms of technology that I cannot wait to see what they yeah. do with it. Cuz this is the first one and if you look at the video, sometimes they they the sphere look they change it so it looks like you're outside, like sky and and landscape and and sun and it's beautiful. And sometimes it's designs and fireworks yeah. and sometimes it's like crazy weird like hypnotic stuff and it's just the the opportunities and the you know you can foresee just how cool this could be and just yeah, the first right. usage so i'm i'm stoked for the sphere <laughs> it sounds weird but it's one of the cooler things i've seen yeah. in a long time
1: yeah it, it seemed, it's it's uh, yeah it was like it was like sensory overload like looking at the videos it's like i, I you kind of pr- I almost don't. I don't know how I'd feel about it until I actually was there. You know, like and, and experiencing it to see, um, kind of like, like what I thought about it. But it's it's insane. Uh, like the the possibilities seem endless, and it's sort of like it's sort of like almost that virtual reality, like like the the push towards virtual reality, but there without any like attachment. Right? Yeah, like you don't need to be wearing glasses or like you know. It's just like you're in another place, and yeah. it like is hyper realistic without like you being in some other like comfort zone of like wearing something or wearing goggles or glasses or anything like that.
0: It reminded me um, of like those, yeah. you know, those like dream sequences where like a person will appear and it'll just be empty blank white. And then all of a sudden yeah. they'll like yeah. snap and they'll be somewhere else. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, you're in a dream and you're in a white room with nothing around and all of a sudden you're somewhere else. Right. It, it felt like that, like a room that can become anything. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can't wait to, I can't wait to visit. Yeah. I want to go see it yeah. so bad.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing the shows are expensive during the early going to uh, to get to see see a show there, but definitely on the bucket list. So, so there you go, the Las Vegas Sphere. If you haven't heard of it, now you can uh, do some YouTube searching and see uh, see what some of those videos look like. So, uh, there you go. And then the last topic, uh, everybody's favorite, I think, is Is that that right?
0: People have told me it's their favorite. Uh, That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Okay. So we have got we have gotten solicited feedback. I should not have solicited it because don't ask things you don't know wanna know the answers to, but that, that is too long, that the intro to yeah. cozy book corner is too long. Uh See, some I don't know people, how to shorten it though, it's some, so cozy though. It's too like, cozy. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy it. We um,
1: could speed it without removing any of it. I guess we could
0: speed it up. No, because that's too we'll hectic. See. It's not cozy if it's yeah. Too fast. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. The so, fire would sound all fast forwarded.
0: Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we hear you. It's too long. Some of you like it. Most <laughs> of you don't. We hear you, but
1: deal with it. The, the good thing is you can just press the. If you press fifteen, actually, this yeah. is a fun fact. You know, the fifteen second forward. That's yeah. how long the sound effect is. It's twenty seconds.
0: Okay. So perfect. So just next time, Boom. we say everybody's favorite. Just. 15
1: seconds. Boom, 15 seconds, and then okay. you can start hearing Steve talk about books.
0: Okay, so today's Cozy Book Corner is <laughs> Hellbent, which is the sequel to The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. So The Ninth House is that book I talked about a few months month or two mm-hmm. ago. Um, Yale Secret societies doing magic. Um, it's actually cooler than it sounds. They, she creates a really cool world, um, slight fantasy twist, but much more based in reality. So it's actually pretty neat um, and not as like fantasy if you're not into that stuff. Um, that being said, the sequel, ugh, not as good. It's just much more plot driven. It's just, I liked the world. I like the characters, like the magic, you know, you, you feel like you're learning about all this new stuff. And then all of a sudden the second book is like, we're going on an adventure and we're going <laughs> to hell and we're coming back and we're fighting demons and we're, we're fighting vampires. And we're, it's just much more like, quirky and cheesy and campy because and it the first one felt real and dark and scary and the first this one felt a bit more like Mm -hmm. like a fantasy novel which isn't bad but not what i had come to expect from the ninth house that being said i will absolutely read the third one i think they're well written they're super interesting and unique so i'm on to the second one the third one's not out yet um i will read it when it comes out who knows when? I don't know if it's scheduled, but yeah, um, right. Hellbent by Lee Bardugo, uh, the sequel to the Ninth House. Highly recommend the Ninth House, and then you'll want to read Hellbent because it's a cliffhanger. I give right. it seventy six percent. Steve Nicholas Avocados, so right. it's not good. not terrible, not not great. Uh, let me see what I gave the Ninth House really quick. I think I gave that like a ninety or something.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think you. I remember you it was a, five-star a pretty book. positive review of it. Yeah.
0: Mm, I gave that an 85.
1: Yeah, it was pretty. 85.
0: Eighty-five. Okay, 85. yeah. Real good book. So, um, so there you go. Ninth House, followed by Hellbent, the two books in the series so far, Lee Bardugo. Um, worth a read. If, if you like the idea, yeah. you, you you could do worse.
1: Right. There you go. I mean, hey, when two books in a series are both over 75. Yeah. Not too bad, you know? Yeah, P- pretty too- solid series then. Exactly. The if, you're look- if you're looking for two books
0: so. and want to wait for a third, this is your this is your theory. <laughs> this is your series.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Um, so there's your there's your cozy book corner. Hell bent. Uh, give it a give it a read. So that brings us to the final drive. Steve, you want to go first or you want to go second?
0: Whew, it's been quite a ride, Derek. Uh yeah. I want to go second.
1: Second. All right. I will go first. Returning to what I started the podcast with, with Teddy's bachelor party. Uh, On Friday, we went to a place called Flight Club in Seaport. Steve, have you heard of Flight Club before? I think there might be other locations, but I'm not certain. Flight
0: Club? No. Mm -hmm.
1: So Flight Club uh, in the Seaport specifically is what I'm going to talk about. uh, It's basically a darts bar. Oh! uh, But it's not like a dive bar. It's not like a dingy dive bar that you'd imagine playing darts at. It's very tech forward. Uh, So basically... You you know you rent a, a booth like with the dartboard, and it's fully, uh, it's a real dartboard with real darts. So it's like a cork and yeah. and actual metal darts. Like it's not like one of those like electronic ones,
0: which are the worst. But everything those is are the
1: worst. everything is yeah, those are the worst. But everything is tech forward, and there's like a set of cameras that are set up around the board so that everything you throw it registers it and like keeps your score. And so you pick on a little tablet, like you pick the game you want to play, then you can like randomize the teams or like sign everybody into teams or play individuals whatever you're going to do and it like the, the screen up, there's like a big tv like above the dartboard and it tells you who's up and then you throw and like it knows what you hit like it's just the cameras are like very precise and like it's even though it's a real board with no like electronic component to it like it uses those cameras to yeah. know what you hit Interesting. um and then there's like there's also cameras facing you so like when you hit like a bullseye or something it goes like action replay and it like shows you like a slow-mo <laughs> like video of you throwing the dart and like everyone's reaction so like <laughs> we had no idea that was happening at first so like the first time it happened like it caught everybody's like natural reaction like on camera That's funny. Um, and it's just like a, it's, it's very cool they you know they have servers that come around they had you know good like appetizer style things like there's a bar around the corner or your server brings you drinks whatever you do um, and it's just like it's a very accessible way to play darts because you like darts can be kind of complex if you've never done it before you got to keep your own score you got to like know what you're playing and stuff right and so this had like very like fun style games there was like you know like one that was like a like a horse race type of thing where it's like you had to like hit your number to like advance your horse and it's like you know like all these like kind of like arcadey style but like real darts you know and then they also had traditional games as well um but very cool like very like very like kind of like upscale feeling place but it wasn't like super upscale it like had like nice like decor and like lights and stuff but uh very comfortable and like a a very easy access point to darts if you have never have if you want to play it but you don't like know where to go to play it you don't want to go to like a dive bar with cigarettes everywhere right i'm looking at it now it looks like the
0: pictures make it look like a very very high-end like british pub slash like dive bar yeah
1: that's its decor, right? Yeah. And it's, yeah, but it doesn't feel divey at all once you're there because it's got like high ceilings and like it's like you know, so yeah, it's a very cool place. I definitely recommend it if you're in Boston, cool. of course, the one in Seaport. But I think there's other locations as well. Um, so there you go, Flight Club. Uh, give it Flight a try Club. if you've been wanting to play some darts. So
0: cool. So um, well, my final drive is less cool, but we have been watching Breakpoint. Have you seen Breakpoint? Derek? Okay.
1: No, I have not. I think I saw a trailer though yeah, for Yeah. It.
0: It's on Netflix. It's the tennis documentary. It's um it's like the in the same the people who made the um the quarterback the the football one, the Formula 1 like Drive to Survive. It's the same mm-hmm. documentary team at Netflix making these like they follow a few people throughout the season. Um and it's really good. I I admittedly am a tennis player and I'm it's I wanted more like Tennis, tennis, and it's much more like getting to know the people and the, the their backstories and the drama, which is which is how you get most people interested, which right. I understand. Um, but it was the first season; they get they have a very good mix of tennis players with good personalities, so it's worth a watch. And apparently, the second season is going to come out soon. And now, people are excited. Like now, they're like, "All right, we can get bigger names." We mm-hmm. people were real excited about the U.S. Open this year. Like it just tennis is kind of gaining popularity so I think Breakpoint's going to play off that and it's going to be really really good the second season nice. um, so yeah it's, it's worth a watch it's it's interesting It's they're easy to watch they're, they're interesting each episode follows either a different person at a different tournament and then and a different person at a different tournament different, different mm-hmm. person different tournament mm-hmm. so it's um, it, you know you don't feel like you're just watching like one person's documentary yeah it's actually right. breaks it up pretty well so Breakpoint on Netflix Tennis documentary. I'd recommend it if you if you have any interest. It's it's worth the watch.
1: There you go. Nice. Uh, sounds a little bit like the uh, that golf one that came out too. Yeah. Like about the the different golfers. So Same exact like one. Same shif- exact shifting team. the focus up. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Same team. So there you go. Uh, Breakpoint. Uh, give it a try if you're uh, interested in tennis or wanna I wanna see a little bit behind the curtain on what goes on there. So. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That'll do it uh, for episode 175. That was a long one. That was but a long we had, one, a lot, had a lot to cover. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Murph and Andrew uh, for the excellent questions. That, they they provided a large chunk of the, the totally. conversation time uh, for this episode. Uh, Murph knew what he was doing go, with his uh, though. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, so yeah, so uh, thank you to them for the questions. Good luck to the Rays in the playoffs. Yes, uh, thank you. Also, uh, 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 congratulations to emerging artist Taylor Swift for her, uh, you know, being brought onto the scene by yeah, the welcome. football player recently. So, Glad yeah, to have welcome you. to. Welcome to popularity in in the United States. So uh, join us. We've been there a while, but now Taylor's joining the party. So, uh, So there you go. That's it for episode 175. And we'll see you guys next time for episode 176.